Welcome, 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 welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Theory and Theology. Here on this podcast, we talk about culture and religion and different theories and um, religion. I said that already. And spirituality and kind of relevant topics along those lines. Um, so this is kind of going to require a trigger warning um, I've decided maybe to divide this topic into, into multiple sections. Um, I think it might be a little more beneficial that way, um, in case people do want to listen to it so they can kind of dive into the topic separately. Um, um, but basically, yeah, I'm going to put a trigger warning on this because it's mostly based on um a guy who I follow on YouTube he has some great content that I really gravitate towards um I talk about him all the time on here um Eli Yoder he recently posted a video about his uh kind of I guess he would call it like a testimony or like a full story about his experience of why he left the Amish and how he became um, with the beliefs and the man he is today. Um, But he experienced a lot of abuse. And so I have to put like a trigger warning on these types of topics because I, I really don't know how it would potentially affect people. And I think you know, um, if you don't really know if it'll affect you, just, you know, take caution, you know, you don't want to be having to expose yourself to stuff that isn't, um, something that you're really in a space to be hearing, if it's going to make you, like, be in a worse position emotionally or something, um, then, you know, I want to give people the, you know, notice so that they can avoid it instead of just like dropping it on people um but yeah it for some people it might not be um too intensive I mean it's not my story it's his it's his story um sorry for the noise I gotta open this window I got a stuck window it gets really hot in here after a while oh my gosh yeah so sunny sunny southern california um so all right so i've got notes that i wrote down on this um to go to eli yoder's channel you just go to eli yoder um so with with um so i'll just talk in general about eli yoder's story first and then in general um this is going to be like a series with multiple topics related to um i guess the the area would be generational curses trauma generational sin 
um, uh, whatever it is that the name is um, that um, people use, um, I would usually say generational trauma just because I don't know uh, if all of these are the same. Like, curses and sin, to me, seem to be, uh, they're kind of based on, like, belief systems, I guess, in a way. Because, like, not everybody believes in curses, not everybody believes in sin. Um, but I think overall, from, like, um, what it seems like, usually it's, like, a form of trauma that gets passed down to others like in in actions emotions uh th- through different like systems and everything um so i mean i i would i would encourage people to go and listen to eli yoder's recent testimonial story um on his youtube channel if you are interested in hearing it um he explains more details about it and it's a pretty emotional story, and um, I liked listening to it just to hear um, his experience. Like, it's kind of one of those things, like, he even mentions, you know, about, you know, like, he he's not very um, uh, closed off about talking about his history of experiencing abuse as a kid growing up Amish. Um, now this isn't to say that I think badly about Amish people or Amish communities or anything, um, but one thing that I do appreciate about him sharing or just anybody sharing is because a lot of groups of people tend to be seen as, oh, like their lives must be perfect. Like we can look from our non-Amish perspectives, those of us who are not Amish, and look and see, and usually, you know, um, that type of lifestyle is, like, romanticized, is like, oh, it must be perfect, because everybody's trying so hard to, like, have this community where everything's going well, but then, you know, um, at the end of the day, people are people, you know, like, I don't think any community honestly escapes any of these kind of issues um and it's kind of like when they get more insulated it seems like there's almost more um options for people to uh experience abuse of different kinds because you know the people making the rules are kind of protecting themselves and they're protecting abusers and things like that so um, this is, so I'm gonna kind of review in general, um, Eli Yoder's story, just kind of uh, mostly paraphrasing, um, less than paraphrasing, um, and then the other topics, I'll kind of go into details about, um, different, um, different areas to consider when, you know, talking about generational trauma. So basically, like, Eli Yoder was raised in a family of his uh, parents, and uh, I think he said there were 10 
of them. I don't know if he meant there were 10 kids total or 10 siblings total. He mentioned that on his dad's side, there were, uh, uh, like, basically his dad and one uncle, and then he had two aunts. So he only had, there were only four people uh, on his dad's side, um, adults on his dad's side. Um, on his mom's side, there were a lot more. I don't remember the number, but he said um, all of them... All of those aunts and uncles, except for, I don't remember which ones, but all of those aunts and uncles overall had like 10, or sorry, up to 12, like at least 12 kids each. Um, so you can tell he comes from a pretty large family, um, a very large family. If you even count like just first cousins, I mean, I, I don't even know what that math turns out to be. Like, you, you've got to have, like, nearly, like, 100, 100 first cousins. Like, that's a lot of people. And if you think about, you know, how tight-knit these communities are, if they were Amish, the cousins Amish, the grandparents were Amish, uh, you know, it's been generations. And so, you know, to be of a community where you're Amish and like kind of insulated and isolated from you know the mainstream American world they call it like English the American culture um but you're right there I mean like you live like in the middle of you know like I think he was from Ohio um they're they're Amish in a lot of places Pennsylvania places in New York like places in South America like they're Amish kind of all around um and you know when you go to places like that like indiana missouri like you see them around like they're part of the society like they're not like mingling and like interacting with everybody like equally but it's like they're not like invisible like you see them all over like when i visit missouri when i visit my family whenever we go to walmart almost every time you know we see uh, they even have like areas where people can park their their buggies and horses like it's available because that's part of the population there um we've seen like buggies riding along or like in Clarksville there's um i have some family that lives in Clarksville and they have a lot of uh Amish stores and shops and restaurants and stuff there and yeah it's definitely part of the society uh, Amish and Mennonite and, um, you know, my parents, my parents went to school in the Midwest and met at a, at a Mennonite college. I mean, they're not Mennonites, but it's like, we're not even like part of the actual culture. But, you know, when my dad was doing his college studying in the U.S., like he was basically hosted by a Mennonite, a Mennonite family. So, you know, I was kind of brought up knowing a bit about Mennonite and Amish but not really like way too much so um okay so I gotta get to my notes so when it comes to Eli Yoder's story um, like he's mentioning, you know, he has this large family, um, and they're part of the Amish church, a lot of generations, a whole lot of members of the family, um, 
And so I'm assuming, you know, this is a huge uh, Amish community. If you assume that his, you know, family members are Amish, you know, that's just one family. Him, his grandparents, his aunts, uncles, and cousins, um, and his parents and siblings. That's over 100-something people already. And then, you know, they're not all, I think they, I don't think they were all part of the Kenton, Ohio group of Amish, but it sounds like some of them were beachy Amish. Like, I don't really know exactly the exact groups of Amish that they were, but I mean, that just shows, you know, if people have a lot of kids like that, then, you know, definitely these communities, you know, they're pretty large um, sometimes. And so um, that's interesting to note. And then, in addition, you know, um, the churches can set the rules for, you know, if a person has issues, how can they get help? How will they get help? So he was mentioning things like his grandfather, you know, was, you know, involved with one of their 15-year-old uh I don't know if it was like a cousin or some some family member that is was way too young for some old man to be dealing with um or interacting with uh in any kind of a sexual kind of way um and was a family member like too close to a family member of uh um to be even like having some kind of an interest in um, and he mentioned that one of his grandfathers was, you know, a chiropractor of a type, I guess, um, in the Amish community. I don't know if he was, like, trained in, a, in like, the American culture or they he was trained in, like, through some Amish version of chiropractor studies. I don't really know, honestly, because they don't tend to go past the eighth grade, so I don't really know. Maybe it was, like, some type of a trade that he took on. Like, overall, I mean, the Amish work, they have trades, they have jobs, they don't, they're not all farmers all the time, um, so there are people who are kind of like doctor, dentist, you know, those types of people, those types of roles, but, um, he was a chiropractor who would, who would primarily work on women because, you know, he could kind of get some sexual things on his end, you know, um, so just to show, you know, there were already some things kind of going on that, I mean, it's not like this stuff wasn't known, right? This wasn't like hidden, um, too much. I mean, people knew about it. Nobody was reporting them to the police. Nobody was, you know, doing anything like it was handled. If it was handled, it was handled internally by the Amish you know, people in charge, like the bishops, and I don't know the exact titles, but it was handled by the higher-ups in the Amish church, and so, um, basically, um, that's kind of the background of his parents' parents, a little bit of it, not like fully, like, of course, that's not the full picture of them, but he was just mentioning it to say that there was some history of 
some kind of stuff that just wasn't right that was going on. Um, I mean, I'm not going to talk about all of it because I really don't remember off the top of my head. Um, But eventually, you know, it came down to, you know, Eli's generation and him and his siblings and his parents and their household. And it turns out that, you know, the father was very physically abusive. He mentioned when they'd be in the horse and buggy coming back from church, the father would be getting so angry sometimes that, you know, by the time they were getting closer to home, like, he, the father was like so outraged and angry and ranting and venting about what had been said at the church services and he was like whipping the horse and like you know he was so angry that he was like taking it out on the animals and like it was like noticeable that like okay you're kind of putting all of us in this buggy at risk because your anger is so out of control um and this is right after church. I mean, I don't think church should make people feel like that. And it sounds like it was a regular thing that they would know after church, be quiet, sit there in the buggy, don't talk. And, um, they would sit there quietly, not talk. And sometimes the dad would just be like outraged. And then when they got home, it's not like his rage was like calmed down. Like he was still like out of control. And so if you think about it, it's like, well, what, what, what does it even take you know to get I mean like that is a lot right like because you think about church usually you know most people when they go to church generally overall overall like the general consensus that people usually say about most religious practices is when they're when they're done you know with being with the community and worshiping and all that they feel better now it doesn't sound like he's feeling better and it's like if you are you know that mad that you're like abusive to the animals your family's fearful of you you're coming home and like abusing your family and this is all you know because of how you feel about the church that you're forced to go to every other week like this doesn't sound healthy it doesn't sound like a good environment like you know um I don't know what the what the dad's complaints were like I I would be curious to know but I mean I've I've come out of church services before where I've been like I don't know that just rubbed me the wrong way like it just wasn't you know something that I believed in or like you know like I've been in experiences in churches where I was like these people just don't really care for like human life and like they don't really care about loving others and you could kind of tell that like there was something else that like there was some other kind of spirit there it wasn't really like a healthy environment but it's like that was not normal it wasn't like every week was like that um and you know I think I think pastors you know whoever is in charge like they're human too like everybody makes mistakes um, but it's kind of like, I just, I, you know, I would be shocked if, you know, I knew that somebody was coming home from church every other week because the church was every other week, um, coming home from church, just that outrage. Like that to me is like, it's pretty shocking to hear. Um, I mean, I can't like fully blame the church. I mean, his anger was also his own responsibility, but it's kind of like, that is not a normal response to 
you know it's not like an average expected response like churches overall are expected you know religious things overall are usually supposed to have healing properties so that's one thing if you if you're involved in something that doesn't seem to have healing properties to it and instead it's like creating rage and just like some just like super negativity and like to the point where people are like abusing others um and it's not like nobody knew about this it wasn't like oh the family the family you know is like is experiencing this with the dad being outraged and like like there are multiple um accounts that Eli gives about his dad like um you know um being abusive towards him being abusive towards his mother like almost strangling his mother to death almost beating one of his brothers to death with a two by four like it's just stuff that's like and then you know the dad getting really heavy heavy into alcohol this was all you know it seems like the church knew like because the kids Eli and his siblings were getting teased about this by other Amish kids in the community the Amish church knew about the husband's outrage and drinking problems and the husband would get shunned he would get shunned by the church or in the band um he wasn't shunned I think that's not the right word I think he was in the band um so he was in the band um because of uh you know making mistakes basically um either you're not you know the wife would report him on occasion you know um uh but yeah he's um he's basically um um yeah he's basically um just being abusive towards everybody um i don't know if it was everybody but it, it it seems like it was everybody and if it wasn't everybody everybody was aware of it in the family and so you know and you know when the wife would report it um to the to the bishops or she would maybe wait a little bit um to report it and then you know the husband would get in trouble um and be put in the ban meaning that like he was you know not allowed to go to the church so when they would have church every other week he was not allowed to go when they would eat at the at the kitchen you know for meals with the family mind you everybody's kind of living at home eating meals together um and he was in his own separate table in the corner um according to the rules you can't sit at the same table you can't be handed something by something like nobody can give you the food you have to come get it yourself like you're basically just like kept at a distance from everybody else um that's the solution that people were using for years it sounds like 
Um, so this went on for like a really long time um, until 2003, it seems like the father was allowed to finally get treatment for his uh, mental health and drinking. And when you think about it, it's like, how does a church dictate how you can get health taken care of? Like, how does a church dictate these things? Um, um, so Xanax, um, he was, he was prescribed Xanax, um, he was allowed to see um a professional and uh this was in 2003 and you know for for alcohol and uh depression he was finally getting treated and then um so Eli had left the church he he had um wanted to try to start leaving the church when Eli was 16 years old and then when he was 18 years old that's when he actually left the church and then once the dad was getting treated um the dad eventually decided himself started to talk to Eli stating that he wanted to leave the church too and so on June 18th of 2003 um the dad told Eli that he planned to leave the Amish church and I I believe it was he said like the Saturday before the Saturday before like 24 hours before uh, because remember like he mentions that every other week they were able to uh, go the the rest of the family would be out of the house because they'd all go to church and so the dad was still at that house and every other Sunday he had time by himself at the house because he wasn't allowed to go to the church because he was in the band. And then um, basically, I guess when Eli was leaving when he was 18, when he got a driver to come take him out of the church and he was wearing like non-Amish clothes and the dad knew that he was leaving um, but Eli said he had had a, a, a diary that he'd been writing since he was 11 years old and he was in a rush. So he kind of forgot the diary and the dad was in his room, you know, and saw the diary and came out of the house with the diary and was, you know, not combative. He he was, you know, um, I guess he had read what Eli had written, like kind of cussing out his dad and he read all the stuff that was in there Um about all the all the negative treatment from his dad and I guess his dad was then realizing when Eli was 18 like how much damage had been done and he did apologize to his son and he told him that he loved him and in that culture that is not like a normal thing for fathers and sons to exchange that kind of like interaction that's not like a regular thing for a parent to be apologizing or for a parent to say that they love their kid like it's just not really a thing that culturally the people in his culture would do and his group of 
Amish people. It just wasn't something that they would do. But his dad seemed to kind of feel sorry about it. And then from that point on, um, when, when Eli would come to the, you know, when Eli's family, well, Eli was out of the church, but he would still come back to visit his dad. And his mom would always be like, you can't come here with Amish, with non-Amish clothes. You can't, you know, she would try to like distance him. But the dad was, after he left, he was like, no, my son can come and visit and so he could either meet him at the end of the of the driveway or like he would come and meet him when they all went to church every other Sunday like the dad was like welcoming of his son who had left which mind you when Amish leave nobody really is talking to them um you know they're not really they can be placed in the band if they're seen talking to you know, someone who left, um, but I guess it's a little different, because Eli was never baptized into the Amish church, and so some of the rules were a little different, because he wasn't a a baptized member who left, he was a non-baptized Amish person who left, so that means, I guess, he could still kind of come around, and the family wouldn't be placed, like, on the band because of that, but he still was expected to wear the Amish clothes, look Amish, act Amish, while he was, you know, in the Amish area, like, that could get them in trouble, I guess, um, and you you can see how, you know, if, if Amish kids are, were teasing Eli and his siblings about their drunken father being abusive, I mean, it's like, how is that okay, how is it okay for somebody's kids to be teasing, teasing people, bullying people, to the point of like fist fights and like you know um it sounds like the bullying was really bad like it was it sounds like it was a regular thing not like a one time only thing and even one time is still bad but it's like multiple times somebody getting bullied um and so yeah so as far as the bullying and then um yeah, so he would leave his, you know, he would visit his dad, and then his, once he was 18, once he left, he would visit his dad, it sounds like almost regularly, um, and visit the family and stuff, and then on June 18th of 20, sorry, of 2003, the dad had planned to leave the Amish church, but he had attempted suicide on Saturday, June 17th of 2003, uh, the father had attempted suicide, um, and Eli was expected to pick him up that next day, June 18th, um, Eli explained that, you know, Eli himself was at a dealership trying to get an SUV so that, you know, he could, partially as a reason to, like, pick up his father the next day, so that's when he got the news, and the, the dad was helicopter rushed to a hospital, and Eli was the first one to arrive at that hospital, um, before the family, and Eli signed some paperwork for his father to get this brain surgery, um, so while his dad's in surgery, you know, the family shows up, and other Amish are showing up, like, slowly, um, and then they start kind of getting on Eli, because Eli came, mind you, he's been out of the Amish church by this point, he, um, left from a car dealership where he was about to buy an SUV, um, and he rushed over to the hospital, he said he actually saw the helicopter once he got the call, and, um, he rushed 
over to the hospital. So he got there first and um um he says that once the Amish started coming in or the family started coming in who were Amish, they weren't happy that um Eli was wearing non-Amish clothing, so they told him go to the closest thrift store and get some really um Amish looking clothing and so Eli said he got a really white, you know, shirt and a uh, and black dress pants. But mind you, the Amish make their own clothing to specifications and so you can't usually just go in a store and buy like Amish clothing that's going to fit your exact group because they tailor make their clothing based on all the little specifications of like the rim of the hat length and like how many buttons and how does the collar look and how do the are there buttons or snaps or you know do you fasten it this way or that way or what colors are okay or what do the pleats look like and pockets no pockets like all this kind of stuff like the church decides what's okay for them to wear and so you're not really going to go into any store at all and ever find anything unless Amish people are like giving away their clothing for a donation um and it happens to be like that specific Amish group's type of clothing so the mom was a little upset that the collar on the shirt wasn't like um the proper type of collar I think she says it's too worldly because it has like a lay down collar mind you it's like your dad just tried to commit suicide you're in the hospital waiting for the brain surgery to be done you know your dad's in surgery your dad's recovering he's he's been dealing with this all this time the family's been dealing with all this abuse all this time um the mom's been almost killed by this by this husband of hers the Amish people, the Amish family, you know, the the Amish congregation, the people all know that this guy's an abusive person, um, that he's been getting treatment, that he's been taking Xanax, that he's been struggling with alcohol use, abuse, abusing people. Um, and they're complaining about the caller. It's like, dude, like, I don't even know where the focus is here. It's like, it seems like the focus is like shifted from like, all the real problems and let's focus on these other little things that don't really matter it's like at the end of the day the stupid collar on your shirt doesn't really matter in any method at all um and so and so basically um, unfortunately, like, his father doesn't, um, doesn't really make it through, um, you know, and he ends up passing away a few days later, and Eli said he was, Eli was allowed to attend his father's funeral due to never being baptized, so because he was never baptized, he came, wore Amish clothes, he was able to ride in the buggy to the funeral to the gravesite and he was he said he was holding his eight year old brother his brother he had a brother who was eight years old at the time and um he was holding him on his lap in the in the buggy and he um yeah Eli had to wear Amish clothes to go to the funeral um he mentioned previously that his dad was buried outside the Amish cemetery because it's a way that the Amish separate out the people who were who committed suicide like if you commit suicide you're not allowed to be even buried in the Amish you know 
you know, um, graveyard. It's just like all this stuff that I'm like, how is any of this loving? Um, but it's, it's just interesting to hear other people's viewpoints on how they are taught, like how they are taught about love and things like that. Like, it's kind of interesting to me that, you know, um, a church would talk about, you know, churches talk about love, you know, I'm pretty sure their church, you know, would talk about love and like, you know, respect for others and all this kind of stuff. But the way they kind of would twist it is like, even in the shunning, it's like, this is our last way of showing you love is shunning you. You know, we are showing you love in this way. And it's kind of like, I think that isn't um, something that you can interpret so loosely that you can just call anything love. Like, yeah, I'm beating my kids because I love them like that. I mean, I've heard people say that before, too. And it's kind of like, I don't really know, like, if that makes any sense. Like, um, but it, it is it is common. It's not like an uncommon thing that people kind of twist ideas um, like that. So it's something to be careful of, um, especially very impressionable people or people who don't really like to challenge ideas. You know, it's it's good to be aware of. Um, so, um, let me see. So Eli explained that for some time, um, after his father passed away, he would visit the gravesite and Eli himself would drink alcohol um, and he would have like a whole, um, you know, uh, case of alcohol to himself. And I guess he would be drunk and to a certain extent that sometimes like if people came with him to the gravesite, they would kind of maybe leave because they weren't like comfortable with like how he was acting and stuff. Um, and... Um, Eli explains in 2017, he got saved, um, in a, in a different Christian religion, um, that's not Amish, and, you know, he was working on his drinking, he, he wasn't, uh, struggling with the alcohol issues, um, he said that he had some visits with his brothers, and realized that they were still hurting, and, um, some of the brothers were saying that they were relieved that the dad had died um and Eli explains that he forgave him he forgave the dad he forgave the family he forgave the Amish and he did the forgiveness for himself um he said he explains that he forgave so he can move on in life and he recently has been posting a lot of um comments not comments a lot of content about helping people in the Amish to escape especially those who are sexually abused or others who want to leave because of the abuse they're being they experience or just bad conditions that they're in or they just want to leave and they're having trouble so he's creating routes for people to be able to escape um and then um 
he was saying how, you know, as much as he posts online, and he's posted this uh, story in bits and pieces, but um, he said that people were asking him a lot, like, why don't you share? Because you're sharing about all these other people. Like, he's let other people go on his channel and share stories about their history of abuse and all these types of things. Uh, one of them was a lady who was in um, that documentary, The Devil's Playground, that's about Amish um, doing Rumspringa, um, a group of Amish like in Rumspringa um, deciding if they're gonna go back to the Amish church and they're like teenagers. That's probably one of my favorite documentaries. It's the first one I saw um, of the Amish and then um, her name is uh, Velda Bontrager in, in, the, in the movie. Her name is uh, Velda Bontrager, but I don't know her last name because I think she's married now, so she has a different last name, but she looks pretty much the same, and she explains how and why she left the church, too, um, and, um, yeah, uh, Eli said that he avoided sharing about his own story, um, because of the stigma of becoming emotional while sharing it, because um, he says in, in the Amish that he grew up in, um, there's the stigma of being seen as emotional, emotionally weak or being seen as weak and men are taught not to cry and all these kind of things. I don't know. I just, I, I hate hearing that. Like, I hear that a lot. You know, it's kind of something that I'm not, I've never really been into that kind of, kind of style of thinking um, that, you know, I think that's one of the most unhealthy things for people to hear is like, oh, you can't cry or else you're weak or you can't cry or you're, you know, there's something wrong with you. And it's like, dude, like, I don't know that it just creates more problems, honestly. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of like his story, um, his experiences, um, and it's it's a lot like I can tell it's kind of like um it's a lot of uh of um that's a lot to explain especially for somebody who's um been online been on YouTube he has his um his own um channel his own life for such a long time um he's been um you know for so long he's been um for so long just like um Like, yeah, he's, he's been for so long just kind of, uh, um, just, yeah, experiencing all these things. And if you think about it, 2017 isn't that long ago, like, and then right after that, you know, a couple years later, then a pandemic happens, you know? So, 
I mean, the thing that that I like seeing is that he was able to turn a lot of what he experienced into a way to help other people. But um, I mean, I'm not saying like I'm happy that he had to experience all of that. Of course not. But it's like he's um, very. Uh, um, he's very, um, uh, how would you say, like, mm, like, he's got a lot of resilience, a lot of strength. Like, I think anyone who can talk about their story, and I don't think it's mandatory, I don't think it's necessary for everyone to be, like, having to share their trauma and all that kind of stuff. I mean, if people want to keep it to themselves, I think it's perfectly fine. You know, it's not, like, a sign of weakness to keep it to yourself, I don't think, either. But it's not, um, you know, it, it's it's actually a sign of strength, I would say, to be able to share that kind of thing. Um, it's just, you know, just taking, taking a step back from, from it all. Like, it's just kind of like, you know, you can, like I was saying at the beginning, you know, you can look at a person's culture and be like, there's so much that look, that looks like better than mine or like so much that looks like just like romanticize like this idealistically you know ideally it would be a perfect environment where people are communing with nature and have a church community and everybody helps each other like there's so much room for like this positive you know powerful movement you know to be like something really great and helpful to the world um and it's kind of sad to see that you know people can make things look great on the outside and then how many people are are struggling in this community and other communities and even non-Amish religious communities not even Christian maybe even but just different religions um and I'm not even blaming religions like you know, just different groups, just different cultural groups, you know, like, there's so many people that might be dealing with so many things, um, and, you know, just not able to cope with it or do anything with it that, um, is, um, 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 that's like helpful but yeah I just you know I'm not trying to like make something sound like dramatic or just share like some like you know um, intense story Um, it's just I think that a lot of these types of stories 
um, people tend to gravitate more so towards the the mainstream media of like you know this is just a you know this is just a for entertainment value um but i do think you know when people share their stories like this it's definitely a learning experience um for a lot of us at the least it's learning um and there's a lot that we can take away and benefit from someone else's unfortunate experience like i'm not saying that like i'm glad he went through it so we can like hear something you know and i'm not trying to just like put a positive spin on something let's make this sound like it's something positive and happy because he came out great and like i mean i think trauma i think abuse it has like multiple layers to it all um but i think the conversations around it don't usually happen that much usually people don't confront their families usually um people aren't you know um i don't want to say outspoken but have a voice online and make a voice for themselves online so other people can like tune into their content and actually in addition to that like reaching out to people understanding their needs getting getting into the communities like involved in the communities that need the help um because you know someone who's dealt with things firsthand kind of knows the ins and outs of everything so they can kind of manipulate that kind of amish system to be able to help people you know because they know the rules they know how people get silenced they know how okay somebody's probably holding this person back and you know putting ideas in their mind that's making them scared to leave now even though they said they were about to leave you know um i think there's just a lot there and um i mean it's it's a sad story but also it's like i'm really glad that he shared it um like i wasn't necessarily happy to hear it because like i really like this guy's content um so it's kind of sad to like listen to and hear like oh man like this that kind of sucks and i usually i don't even listen to content like that in all honesty i usually will just avoid it because i'm just like i don't need more of that uh depth of things in my in my life but um yeah um that's kind of what was going on but um with with what he just posted and um yeah i thought it was pretty beneficial to um to to kind of be able to hear but yeah uh i try not to make it a habit to be entertained by other people's trauma but also it's like I do try to learn from it. Like, I do think there's a lot of important things that kind of need to be brought up, need to be surfaced. Um, but, yeah, I hope I hope this was helpful for people to hear. I mean, I'd recommend just go to his story. He says it the best. He tells it the best. It's his life. Um, but, yeah. But with that, thanks for listening.